This morning's message is called, I will say of the Lord, He is my Redeemer. In Isaiah 47, verse 4, he says, As for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is His name. He is the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 48, 17 says, Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, which teaches you to profit, which leads you in the way that you should go. One translation says, He leads us step by step in the way that we should go. And then in Romans 3.24, it says, Being justified or declared righteous freely by His grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Young says it this way. Being declared righteous freely. He has declared us righteously by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So, so this redemption that we're talking about today is in Christ we are in Christ. And in 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says, But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Amen. Glory to God. Yes. He became to us wisdom from God. He became to us righteousness from God. He became to us sanctification from God. He became to us redemption from God. I just want to announce and remind you today that you and I are the redeemed, for our Redeemer liveth. He lives in our heart. He lives big in the household of faith. Praise God. And in the book of Galatians, he says in verse 13 that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing may come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Dear brothers and sisters, we must know that we are the redeemed, that we are not in the process of being redeemed. We are not going to be redeemed off in the distant future. You are the redeemed right now. And the word redemption literally means it conveys the thought of a permanent removal from captivity. You see, as born-again believers... He has delivered us from the power of darkness and He has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins, even the healing of our bodies, even the supply of all of our need, even the lifting up of any depression. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was not by the blood of goats and calves, but it was by his own blood that he entered into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption 
for you and for me. Say it with me. I will say of the Lord, Jesus is my Redeemer. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, it says, For as much as you know, that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver and gold from the vain conversation received by the traditions of your fathers, but you were redeemed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. The precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ means it was costly. It was of great value. It is the same word used to describe precious gold, our precious metals, our precious jewels. Your value and my value is based on the precious, priceless blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what sets and establishes your value forever. And the more mbrekese pakire deishtea, and more the maseke mahaya, the more we see the value of the blood, the more we will see our value. For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, brothers and sisters, what do you say we glorify God in our body? What do you say we glorify God in our spirit? What do you say we glorify God every day of our lives? What do you say we just walk in the glory of God? Glory to God in our bodies and in our spirits. For we are the temples of the glory of God. I am not looking at a bunch of self-made men or self-made women. I am not a self-made man. I am a blood-bought man. I am blood-bought and I am Holy Ghost-taught. For you see, way in the beginning, God owned us by right of creation. But Adam came along and sold us into the captivity of sin. But then Jesus came along and he paid the highest price to buy back his property that he created. I like these quotes. He said this, Jesus drank a cup of wrath without mercy, that you and I may drink a cup of mercy without wrath. Another quote from Donald Barnhouse says this, Christ took our hell so that we might take his heaven. Woo, glory to God. Aren't you glad you're on the way to heaven? We're not on our way to heaven moaning and groaning and complaining, looking down. We're on our way to heaven singing and shouting and dancing the victory. Glory to God. Somebody say with me, Jesus, you are my Redeemer. Another thing that is so important for us to see out of 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, and I'll quote it to you because it's from a translation that we don't have. It says, you know that in the past you were living in a worthless way, a path, a way passed down from the people who lived before you, but you were saved from that useless life. How many of you can testify that BC, before Christ, your life was fruitless? Your life was useless. But no mas. I said no mas. No more. 
No more fruitlessness. God has brought us into the land of milk and honey, into the land of fruit, into the land of abundance, into the land where we're walking in the fruit of the Spirit. We're not letting strife pull us out of joy. We're not letting stress pull us out of peace. We're not letting anything pull us out of the fruitful life that is in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. Say with me, I've been redeemed from a useless life to a fruitful life. Now notice with me in John, the 15th chapter, in verse 8 and in verse 16. It says in verse 8, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you me be my disciples indeed. Every one of us are fruit bearers. And if we're not, we need to get busy. Now notice this drop down to the next verse in verse 16. He says, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you. That word ordained literally means I've called you. I have anointed you. I have appointed you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, what's he going to do? He will give it to you. Now, since you and I are children of God, Our purpose in this life is to bear fruit. One way that we do that is we pray according to the word of God and we receive what we've prayed for. And that manifestation of what we prayed for is fruit. It's prayer fruit. If you have prayed for a loved one and that loved one responded to Jesus and came into the family of God, That is a manifestation of prayer fruit. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. If you have prayed for someone that was physically sick and God worked a healing and caused that person to recover, that is fruit, is it not? But if you've also walked in the Spirit, according to Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23, if you've walked in love, when you were tempted to get out of love, that's fruit. When you walked in joy, when you were tempted to be depressed, that's fruit. When you walked in the peace of Pakelite, the peace of God that passeth all understanding this last year, Oh, glory to God, with ample opportunity to be distressed and to be worried. But if you walked in the peace of God, my brothers and sisters, that's fruit. I said, that's fruit. And when you were kind, when you were waiting in line for an hour or two at Costco, when your flesh wanted to be unkind, But oh, someone on the inside rose up on the outside and God's kindness flowed through you. Dear brothers and dear sisters, you're bearing fruit. 
Don't think that you have to go to Bible school to bear fruit. Don't think that you have to demonstrate some great huge miracle every day of your life to bear fruit. How many of you know when you demonstrate self-control... When you're tempted, come on somebody, when you're tempted to eat the whole pizza and you leave a slice or two for your wife, that's fruit. (laughs) A fruitful life, it begins with contentment. You see, contentment means you are content in whatever state you're in. Whatever circumstance that you're going through right now, you're not going to be moved out of a state of contentment into a state of discontentment. No, you're going to stay content in Him. You're going to stay content in Him because you, in fact, are complete in Him. You don't have to do anything to prove to anybody that you are a fruit bearer It begins with contentment. And contentment comes from this. Of who you are in Christ. And the joy that brings. When he brings the unique gifts that you have been given. Knowing your value is complete and untouchable. That leads to our ability to bear true fruit. Hallelujah. Am I looking at some fruit bearers this morning? Glory to God. And it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of Him. The only way I've been able to stay clean for, I don't know how many years I've been clean for, 1975. No, 1974. The only way I've been able to stay clean is because of Jesus. Because I got a hold of the fact that He is my Redeemer. Hallelujah. And you know what? He can clean up any mess that you're currently in. Those of you that are watching today, you might be in a mess, but we serve a master. We serve a redeemer who can take your mess and turn your life into a message. I like how Brenda says it. He is a master at turning any and every disaster around. So don't lose hope. And don't get down on yourself just because you failed here and there. The best way to fail, my brothers and sisters, is to fail forward. What does fail forward mean? That means you recognize, you repent, you get up, you dust yourself off, and you look into the eyes of Jesus and you call upon him for heaven's help to help you out of that mess. Now let's go to Psalms 103. Psalms 103. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is so good to us. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but you need to get rid of the yeah, buts. If you're going to say but, just say this. But God, who is rich in his mercy, wherewith his great love, wherewith he has loved us. Glory to God. Now, Psalms 103, familiar verse of scripture. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Next verse. 
who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Say it with me. He redeemeth my life from destruction. And that's what I want you to see. Redeemeth in the Greek means continuous. He has redeemed you in the past. He's redeeming us in the present. And whatever we may face in the future, His redeeming power will see us through. Young says it this way, Who is redeeming from destruction your life? Now that does not mean, by any stretch of the imagination, that destruction will not knock on your door. Because we know that the enemy is not like a possum. He will not just roll over and play dead. We know in 1 Peter 5, 8, that we are to be sober. That's a revelation for some people. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, what does he do? As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So what Albert and I do is we put our stake in the ground and we say, he may not devour us. Now we know that we have an enemy. John 10.10 The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He comes to do what? To eradicate. He comes to damage. He comes to shatter. And he comes to smash and bring destruction into our lives. But oh, thank God, Jesus is our Redeemer. Why? Because through death, 2,000 years ago, He came and destroyed Him that had the power of death. That is the devil. 1 John 3, 8 says, read it together with me, for this purpose. The Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Amen. He came to destroy the works of the devil. And all you and I need to do is simply enforce his defeat and walk in our blood-bought redemptive rights. Walk in and live in the authority that has been placed in our hearts. Jesus said, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing in no way at any time shall ever hurt you. Amen. Nothing can hurt you. Nothing can harm you. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to the Spirit of God? Your relatives can't hurt you. If you won't let them. They may try to hurt you. They may try to talk about you. They may try to belittle you. But if you can't be hurt, you're in good shape. You see, hurt people hurt people. And that's why many times there is disruption in relationships because one person is hurting and they don't know how to deal with their hurts, so they go ahead and hurt other people. But a person that cannot be hurt, a person that has put their stake in the ground and said, no, I'm not moved by what they say. I'm not moved by how they're treating me. 
I cannot be hurt. Now, when you're in that zone of not being able to be hurt, that postures you to be a powerful prayer for those people that are bringing hurt into your life. You can pray the devil right out of people. I'm going to say that again. That felt good. I said, you can pray the devil right out of people. You can put a stop on Satan's attacks against your soul. You can put a stop on his tactics against your children. How do we do so? We do so by the authority that is in the name above every name. Say it with me. I will say of the Lord... You are my Redeemer. redeemer. Folks, do you know that your Redeemer lives? He lives. Folks, do you know He loves you? Do you know that He's not mad at you, but He's mad about you? Woo! He he lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. Go, hallelujah. I walk with Him and talk with Him along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. Now listen. One of the biggest things that he lives for is you. Now, he lived for you while he was here on earth. And he died for you while he was here on earth. But now he's seated at the right hand of the Father and he's still living for you. Somebody says he is. He is the apostle and high priest of your confession. But notice this. He ever liveth to make intercession for you. Ooh, I'm going to say that again. That felt good. I felt the organ going on there, right there. Woo! He ever liveth to make intercession for you. What does that mean? He's praying for you. He sees you in your situation. And he's living to pray for you. Oh, doesn't it feel good to be covered by the master? Doesn't it feel good to be covered by our redeemer? Say with me, my redeemer. He's living today. Now let's go back to our text. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. For it is written, Cursed is the one that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the Spirit through faith. I saw this recently from a dear, wonderful woman of God. And she said this, We are redeemed, one, from the curse of the law, two, to the blessing, and three, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Then she went on to say this, The accuser of the brethren are always in one of those three areas. He strives to rob us of our redemptive rights by one, bringing the curse of the broken law upon us. Poverty, sickness, mental torment, spiritual death. Number two, by keeping our inheritance from us. And number three, by preventing us from living in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit within us. 
All these things are legally ours, but the enemy comes to stop it and to prevent it. And so we are commanded then to give the devil no place. He and his accusations are to be overcome by the precious, priceless blood of the Lamb, to which Satan has no defense. Grace Ross, a wonderful woman of God, mightily used of God, many, many years ago said this, Satan has no answer to the blood of the Lamb. He has no weapon to withstand its devastating effect upon him. He is absolutely vulnerable to its overcoming power. Knowing this, he hides what is happening to him and seeks to deceive us into settling for less than what we wanted. We know that legally, he is a stripped, under our feet, defeated foe. But how many of you know, he has not yet gone into the bottomless pit. He's not yet been imprisoned. So we must enforce his defeat with faith-filled actions, faith-filled words, and a covenant consciousness. One of which is this, that Jesus is our Redeemer. Now, how many of you know that there is a language that you and I, as believers, that can open up to us a whole new world? When people come to the United States of America, oftentimes they learn to speak English. Many times they learn to speak English before they come to America. Why? Because the English language can open doors wide open in America for those who speak English. I mean, that's just the way it is. Now, if Brenda and I were to move to Paris or we're moved to France and we're not, parlez-vous Francais, Francais, I mean. <laughs> but if we were to move to France like Tony and Alexandra Fleege have been for many, many years, and incidentally, we sent them $1,000, amen. They haven't been able to leave France. But if we were to move there like the Fleeges did, we'd be very wise to learn the language like they've learned it. Their daughter can speak French fluently. Why? As a result of being able to speak French, not only can she communicate with people in that area of the world, but it also can open up great doors for her. Why are you saying all that, Pastor Mark? Did you know that there is a language that you and I can learn and it's called the language of redemption? Did you know that the redeemed of the Lord have their own language? I mean, citizens of Spain, citizens of France, citizens of Germany have their own language. Well, in Philippians 3.20, in the NIV, it says... For our citizenship is in heaven. Come on, somebody. Say it with me. My citizenship is in heaven. And so then, as citizens of our homeland, we also have our own language. It's called the language of redemption. 
And it's not hard to learn this language. This language of redemption is found in these 66 books of the Bible. It's the language of the redeemed. It is based on the Bible. Now, folks, the more time we spend in this covenant, and the more time we find out who we are, what we have, and where we are in Christ Jesus, the more fluent we will become in the language of redemption. Now, something interesting about the language of redemption, the language of redemption has particular verb tenses to them that are very important. For example, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, it says, The Father made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, I want you to notice what it doesn't say. It does not say that someday in the future that we'll have an inheritance in God. No, it says we are already positioned to be a partaker of this inheritance. Say it with me. I am a partaker. Not only of his divine nature, but I am a partaker of this inheritance. So he's made us to be partakers. So what do you say? Let us be partakers. And I looked the word partake up last night, and it means to receive, it means to take, or to have a share or a portion in. So when you and I speak the language of redemption, what we do is we call for whatever God has already provided for us through this redemption. And we say, it's mine in Jesus' name. In other words, you look into this glorious law of liberty. You find out what he's already done. You find out what he's already provided for you. And you take it. You take it. You believe it. And you receive it. And you say, that's mine. I have it now. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. It's mine. I have it now. I am healed now. I am blessed now. I'm the head and the tail, not the tail now. Right now. Don't put off till tomorrow what God has already made available to you today. Come to the table and eat. Glory to God. There's joy on the table. There's healing on the table. I got a question. Are there any partakers watching online? Are there any partakers in this house today? And this is puzzling to the mind. Because many people that are living over on the AM rather than the FM. The AM is Adam's mode. The FM is the Father's mode. They can't figure out. How can you say healing is mine? How can you say prosperity is mine? Because my body still hurts and my checking account is still empty. Well, I'll tell you how you can say that. Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid the price for your healing and for your prosperity. So we're not trying to get those things, are we? They're already ours. We know the enemy will try to steal those blessings from us. He'll try to talk us out of our faith, pointing to symptoms, pointing to our checkbooks. But don't let the devil discourage you, friend. 
He is a defeated foe. I just dropped by to preach just a few more moments to you this morning. I don't want to keep you here all day. But I want you to get this and get it strong in your spirit. When Jesus, your Redeemer, was crucified. He battled the devil on his own territory and came out a victor. The Bible says that he spoiled the principalities and the powers. And he literally made a show show of them openly and he triumphed over them in it. I can hear Mabel saying, make it plain, Pastor. I can hear you, Mabel. She's up there in that grandstand. Make it plain. Make it plain. I can hear Lily singing, I'm going up yonder. Well, we have some saints that have gone up yonder. But oh, they're cheering us on. They know what Jesus has done. They know what Jesus is up to. And they're cheering you on. And they're cheering me on. And they want us to get this revelation. That he is our redeemer. So in today's street talk. In today's modern vernacular. This means that Jesus whipped him completely. He put him on a rope behind his car and dragged him through the whole city. He triumphed over them in it. He made a parade of Satan's defeat. (laughs) And so I'm encouraging you this morning, do the same thing. Get a rope of scripture and drag him around, opening your mouth, speaking the language of redemption. Hallelujah! I am the redeemed. You are the redeemed. And let me remind you what Psalms 107 verse 2 says. Psalms 107 verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord think so. we got to go beyond thinking and go into believing and hook our thinking up with our spirit. And give volume and say of the Lord... He is my Redeemer. Let's read that verse together. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Woo! The Bible instructs us to say it. To say it. And to declare it. If the enemy tries to put a curse on you, I'm going to invite Pastor Tom and the gang to come back up. If the enemy tries to put a curse on you, say that you are redeemed from the curse of the law. Say, for example, it's a sickness and disease. Go ahead and say it with me together. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. You can't put that cancer on me. You can't put that COVID on me. You can't put that arthritis on me. You can't put that mental instability on me. I am the redeemed of the Lord. And I proclaim today, according to Deuteronomy 28, all sickness is a curse of the law. But according to Galatians 3.13, I am redeemed 
from the curse of the law. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I overcome you, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. I hope you got something good today. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's stand to our feet and give God praise. Glory to God.